Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. From a very young age, we're told countless lies about the purpose of committed relationships, how those relationships are developed, and what it takes to maintain them over time. It's only as we get older and start trying to develop our own relationships that we actually realize relationships are not what we read about in fairy tales, it's not what we see in movies, and it's not what we see on social media. Unfortunately, many of us never had anyone to teach us about how committed relationships work, and so we were forced to learn through sheer observation. However, many of us were never taught to observe properly, so we end up misinterpreting many of the things that we see and hear. Well, what's the biggest misconception about committed relationships today? What is it that so many of us get wrong when it comes to choosing a partner, developing a relationship, and setting expectations of that relationship? In today's episode of Real English Radio, we're going to listen to a clip from a conversation between Brene Brown and Tim Ferriss about what Brene believes to be the biggest lie we're told about relationships and the change in thinking we all need to make if we want to sustain a healthy partnership with someone. Let's check it out. Everyone says marriage should be 50-50. It's the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. It's never 50-50. Yeah. Ever. And so what we do is we quantify where we are. So if Steve comes home and he'll be like, I got 20. Just in terms of energy. Just energy, investment, kindness, patience. I'm at a 20. And I'll be like, I'll cover you. I got you, brother. Like, I'll pull the 80. Sometimes we come home, which we have done a lot. My mom has been sick. And I'll say, I've got 10. And Steve, like two days ago, said, I'm riding a solid 25. So we know that we have to sit down at the table anytime we have less than 100 combined and figure out a plan of kindness toward each other. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because the thing is, marriage is not something that's 50-50. A partnership works when you can carry their 20 or they can carry your 20. And that when you both just have 20, you have a plan where you don't hurt each other. 
All right, my friends, now don't feel bad. Don't worry if you couldn't understand every single thing that was said in that clip because it's relatively short. So I'm going to go back to the beginning and explain a few key words and phrases before we continue. All right, let's do it. Everyone says marriage should be 50-50. It's the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, everyone says marriage or the or being married, which is really the same thing. Everybody says marriage should be 50-50. Now, just, I mean, I'm sure that many people say this in many cultures around the world. Just in case you don't know, 50-50 is a phrase that we use to describe an equal situation, a fair situation, right? I give 50%, you give 50%, we have 100%. Or I give $50, you give $50, we, get, we have 100, right? 100 is usually used to represent completion a whole 100%. So a 50-50 means that we are evenly dividing the labor or the contribution of money or effort or whatever it is. It's equally divided. 50 and 50 makes 100. So everybody says 50 or <laughs> everybody says 50-50 should be marriage. No, everybody says marriage should be 50-50. It's the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. So a crock of bullshit, it's a colloquial phrase or expression. It just like bullshit generally speaking, is just something that is false, something that's ridiculous, something that's stupid. So a big crock of bullshit is just like a, a gigantic pot or container or I don't know, a bucket of bullshit. You know, it doesn't make like literal sense, but a big crock of bullshit, it just means it's a lot of bullshit. She's just putting emphasis on the fact that whatever she's talking about or whatever she's heard is some bullshit. It's nonsense. It's false. It's ridiculous, right? So the idea that marriage should be 50-50 is some bullshit. The biggest crock of bullshit that she has ever heard, all right? All right, cool. Let's continue. Everyone says marriage should be 50-50. It's the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. It's never 50-50. Yeah. Ever. And so what we do is we quantify where we are. So if Steve comes home and he'll be like, I got 20. Okay. So what they do is quantify where they are. Doesn't really make literal sense out of context, but in this context, what she means when she says quantify, it means to measure. To quantify something is like to measure the quantity of something. So then she kind of proves that or illustrates that with what she says next. If Steve comes home, which is another way of saying arrive at home, if Steve comes home, he'll be like, I got 20. And so you can think about it like 20%. I'm, I'm capable of giving 20% of my patience, my effort, my love, my energy. I am not at 100% right now. I am not perfect. I am not ready to take on the world. I got a solid 20% right now. So he's quantifying the level at which he's able to contribute to the house, to the relationship, to the family, to the situation. I hope that makes sense. So I also said, or Brene said, he'll be like, I got 20. Let me play it again is we quantify where we are. So if Steve comes home and he'll be like, I got 20. If Steve comes home, he'll be like, I got 20. If you read that and you try to understand it literally, it makes no sense. Now I might've explained this on the podcast before, but just in case you're new, first of all, welcome to the family. But second of all, if you are new and you've never heard this before, in American English, I don't know about other dialects, in the United States, when we say he'll be like, or she's like, or he was like, or I'm like, Depending on the context, what we mean to say is he says, or I said, or will say. So let me go back to the sentence. 
So if Steve comes home, he'll be like, I got 20. Really what he's saying, or what she's saying, is if Steve comes home, he'll say, I got 20. He will express, I got 20. So it's just like a colloquial phrase that we use to quote people. So when somebody's telling a story, I said, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, blah, blah, blah. You're basically saying that's how they reacted or this is what they said. So Steve was like, I got 20. That's the same thing as saying Steve said, I got 20. I really hope that makes sense because it's very, very, very common, at least in American English. So I'm going to play it one more time. Do is we quantify where we are. So if Steve comes home and he'll be like, I got 20. Just in terms of energy. Just energy, investment, kindness, patience. I'm out at 20. And I'll be like, I'll cover you. So you hear it. She said it again. So Steve comes home and he'll be like, I got 20. And then she said, just energy, investment, patience. I'm at 20. And I'll be like, I'll cover you. So Steve is like, I got 20. And Brene is like, I'll cover you. Steve says, I got 20. And Brene says, I'll cover you. Right? Let me play it again. At 20. And I'll be like, I'll cover you. I got you, brother. I didn't go back far enough. Give me a second. Let me go back a bit more. Energy. Just energy, investment, kindness, patience. I'm out at 20. And I'll be like, I'll cover you. I got you, brother. Like, I'll cover you. I got your brother. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. She says that to, to her husband. I got your brother. So I'll cover you. If somebody says this in this context. It's basically saying... I will protect you. I will take care of you. I will take responsibility for you, right? It's basically, in this case, if, if Steve has 20 and Brene is going to cover Steve, she is going to give 80 so that they can have a complete 100. So if you got 20, I got your brother. I'll cover you. It means that I will compensate for what you are lacking. You got 20, so that means I need to bring 80. I will cover you. Okay. So when she says, I got you, this is another very, very common expression, at least in the US. And it just means in this context, because it means different things depending on the situation. In this case, if somebody says, I got you, it means like, it's another way of saying, I will compensate for you. So you got 20, don't worry, I got you, which means I'll take care of you. I will compensate for whatever you're lacking. I got your back is another way of saying something similar, right? If somebody says, I got your back, I'll protect you, I'll take care of you, I'll do whatever is necessary to make sure that you are taken care of, to make sure that you are good. So you only got 20%, don't worry, I got you. I'll take care of you. I will provide the other 80%. I will cover you. I really hope that makes sense. Let me go back a few seconds, play it one more time, and we'll continue. The energy. Just energy, investment, kindness, patience. I'm out at 20. And I'll be like, I'll cover you. I got you, brother. Like, I'll pull the 80. Sometimes we come home, which we have done a lot. My mom has been sick. And I'll say, I've got 10. And Steve, like two days ago, said, I'm riding a solid 25. I'm riding a solid 25. Literally, that makes absolutely no sense. I'm riding the number 25. But it's just like a, it's just a colloquial expression. If I'm riding a solid 25, it just means I am currently at a solid 25. It's really hard to explain it in any more detail than that because it doesn't make literal sense. It's just an expression. I'm riding a solid 25. It means I am currently at 25. And when he says solid, it's like, um, how can I say? It's like, a, it's basically saying a concrete 25. 
So it's like, look, I know it's not a very high number, but it's a solid 25. That's the best I got. I can confidently say it's 25. It's a solid 25. You know, I can't give you any more than that. And all I can promise is this. I can confidently say it's 25. I'm riding a solid 25. Sick. And I'll say, I've got 10. And Steve, like two days ago, said, I'm riding a solid 25. So we know that we have to sit down at the table anytime we have less than 100 combined and figure out a plan of kindness toward each other. Okay. So they know that anytime they have less than 100 combined, they have to sit down at the table and come up with a plan and figure out how to treat each other well. Let me go back to the actual words. So we know that we have to sit down at the table anytime we have less than 100 combined and figure out a plan of kindness toward each other. So you might be asking yourself, what's the difference between sit and sit down? In many cases, they're basically the same thing, but to sit down is more specific, it's more descriptive. It literally describes the action of going from a standing position to a sitting position. Now, the verb sit by itself can be used more generally. If you are already in a seated position, you're already in the chair, you are just sitting. You're not sitting down. Sitting down describes the action of going from a standing position to a sitting position. Once you are in the sitting seated position, you are sitting. So that's the small but clear distinction. At least it's clear in my mind as a native. Hopefully now it's clear in your mind. But that's why she said we have to sit down at the table. We go from standing up to literally a seated position at the table. And once we are seated at the table, then you can say we're sitting at the table. Okay? So they have to sit down at the table anytime they have less than 100 combined and figure out a plan. To figure something out typically just means to discover the answer to a question or find the solution to a problem. So if we're figuring out a plan of kindness, we're, we're using our intelligence, we're thinking together to solve this problem. How are we going to be kind towards each other? How are we going to make sure that we don't destroy our relationship just because it's a bad day? That's, that's what it means to figure out a plan of kindness. We know that we have to sit down at the table anytime we have less than 100 combined and figure out a plan of kindness toward each other. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because the thing is, marriage is not something that's 50-50. A partnership works when you can carry their 20 or they can carry your 20. A partnership works when you can carry their 20 or they can carry your 20. Now, carry typically is taken more literally, like you hold something in your, your hands or with your arms and you support it as you walk down the street or where, wherever you go. You have something in your hands, you're not letting it fall. You are carrying that thing. For example, if you have a child, when they're very, very, very little, they can't walk yet, you want to take them somewhere, you pick them up, you have them in your hands and you're supporting them with your arms or your shoulder or your chest. You are now carrying the baby so that they are not on the ground and that you can walk with them and they don't fall. You, you know what that means, right? So that's literally what it means to carry. In this case, when she says you can carry their 20 or they can carry your 20, it just basically means to shoulder a particular responsibility. But metaphorically speaking, if they can carry your 20, it means that they are compensating for the 80 that you're lacking. So you've only got 20. Okay, I can work with that. I'll bring the 80. I will cover you. I got you. I will support you. I will carry you during this time that you need my support, because I know maybe next week I might need you to carry 
or support me. And that's really what it means is support. That's really what we're saying is a, a partnership works when sometimes they can support you and sometimes you can support them. That's really what she's saying. All right, let me play it again. Marriage is not something that's 50-50. A partnership works when you can carry their 20 or they can carry your 20. And that when you both just have 20, you have a plan where you don't hurt each other. All right, my friends. Now, as I usually do, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning, play it from start to finish just one more time. It's a 60 second clip, so it's not that long. And we'll see how much more you can understand. And we'll reinforce all those words and expressions I just explained to you. All right, let's do it. Everyone says marriage should be 50-50. It's the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard. It's never 50-50. Yeah. Ever. And so what we do is we quantify where we are. So if Steve comes home and he'll be like, I got 20. Just in terms of energy. Just energy, investment, kindness, patience. I'm at a 20. And I'll be like, I'll cover you. I got you, brother. Like, I'll pull the 80. Sometimes we come home, which we have done a lot. My mom has been sick. And I'll say, I've got 10. And Steve goes, like two days ago said, I'm riding a solid 25. So we know that we have to sit down at the table anytime we have less than 100 combined and figure out a plan of kindness toward each other. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because the thing is, marriage is not something that's 50-50. A partnership works when you can carry their 20 or they can carry your 20. And that when you both just have 20, you have a plan where you don't hurt each other. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, my friends, I sincerely hope that it was much easier to understand the second time around. Hopefully all the nouns, verbs, and adjectives are much more clear to you. And now I just want to leave you with a few things to think about. The main takeaways, and I want to remind you before we get started with this, it is extremely important that you not only listen to this podcast episode, it actually might be beneficial to listen to it more than once. But even if you don't listen to it more than once, it's extremely important that you listen to the episode and then you write about what you heard. Summarize the main idea of the episode, write about things that, you know, new ideas that you were exposed to while listening to the episode, write about the main takeaways, your own thoughts on this topic, you need to use the language, not just consume the language. And writing is really good because you're training yourself to think in a low pressure situation. Nobody's waiting for you to finish. Nobody's waiting or expecting you to speak fast or perfectly or anything like that. You can take your time and express your thoughts in as much detail as you want. Google Translate is free. ChatGPT is free. So you can use these tools to learn how to express yourself the way you really want to express yourself. And then you practice speaking, which is why you need to download a language exchange app or join our Discord server and practice your English with us. Whatever you got to do, find friends, family, teachers, whoever, 
and talk about these subjects. So you listen, you read the transcript and the vocabulary guide, you write about the topics, express yourself, gather your thoughts, then you talk about them in a conversation with real people. Because a lot of people listen to the show, but they don't speak ever. And they wonder why they can understand so well, but they can't speak the same way. It's because you got to practice, okay? Just really want to emphasize that point because it's the main thing keeping so many people from being able to speak English effectively. So let's continue. Let's talk about the main takeaways from this, this clip that we've just played. The first one, redefining the expectations of marriage. Because Brene, in this clip, she challenges the common belief that marriage should be a perfect 50-50 split. A 50-50 split of responsibilities and effort. I should always get 50. You should always get 50. It should always be even, equal, because that is what's fair. But Brene suggests that this notion is just unrealistic. It's not practical. At least not in a real life situation, not in a real relationship. It's not practical because everybody has good days and bad days. Everybody gets hit with tragedy from time to time and it's unexpected. So some days you come home from a, a nine hour day at work, a 10 hour day at work, and you are riding a solid 15. You're riding a solid 25. And so if your partner's expecting you to give 50, like he or she is giving 50, there's going to be a problem. Right? So that's why you need to change your expectations a little bit and understand it's not always 50-50. Sometimes I'm having a great day. My partner's having a shitty day. I need to be there for my partner. Sometimes my partner's having a great day and I'm having a shitty day and I'm expecting my partner to be there for me. I support you and you support me. That's what a partnership actually is. It's not, we always give the same amount of energy, time and effort and love and patience because it just doesn't work like that. You know that intuitively. You're not at 100 every single day. You're just not. So it's unrealistic to expect your partner to be at 100 every single day and always contribute the exact same amount of effort. And I think understanding this is super important because when you set those false or unrealistic expectations of your relationship and of your partner, it's only going to lead to disappointment. If your partner's having a bad day and you're expecting them to give you the same amount of love and time and energy and patience and attention and effort that they always give you, you are going to be unfairly criticizing and judging your partner for not meeting your expectations. You know what I mean? And that's not fair to your partner. And it's really not fair to you because you're suffering unnecessarily. I think having that understanding of like, you know what, some days I got to be the rock. And the rock, just in case you don't know, means the foundation. I got to be the one that's solid, that holds us down, keeps us in place, keeps us steady and stable. Sometimes I got to be the rock. And sometimes my partner needs to be the rock. And I think it's important to understand that before you get into the committed relationship. You know what I mean? Understanding that we are here to support each other, not demand more from one or from the other. Like sometimes I need you and sometimes you need me. And that's just the way it is. Right? So another takeaway, the importance of quantifying your efforts. Brene introduced the concept of quantifying not only the effort being made, but your energy level, how much kindness and patience you're willing to contribute to the marriage. It's very important to quantify these things because it allows you to understand where, where you and your partner stand at any given moment. And that way you can adjust accordingly. So if your partner comes home and says, listen, I'm, I'm at a solid 45 right now. I'm at a solid 20. I'm at a five. It was a shitty day. 
and you know I'm struggling with this depression shit. You know that my boss is a fucking asshole. You know I just spent two and a half hours in traffic. You know I just spent 10 hours dealing with fucking stupid coworkers. I am at A5 right now. I need your support. If you can communicate that to your partner from the get-go and your partner has proper expectations, you have a good partner, supportive partner who understands there are always going to be days like this, your partner can know from the very beginning, okay, if he comes at me with some anger or some frustration, if she comes at me with some unnecessary comments or whatever, I know it's not personal. She's just at a five right now. I need to be supportive of her. I need to be there for her. She's at five. Okay. I got 95 today. Next week, I'm going to be at 20. I need her to be at 80. That's just what it is. So communicating where you're at from the very beginning allows your partner to understand it's not personal, which also allows them or enables them to be even more supportive. Because I think a lot of times when our partners are having a bad day and they come at us with anger or negativity or frustration or they don't have the patience that we think they should have or whatever, we often take it personally because we're constantly thinking about ourselves. And we're constantly taking other people's treatment of us and thinking it's because they have a problem with me. When most of the time, it has nothing to do with us. Most of the time, the way people treat us has nothing to do with us. So having that level of empathy and understanding and also that open communication with your partner, based on what Brene is saying, I totally agree. The idea is having that communication, having that trust and that level of empathy allows you guys to adjust to the situation as opposed to saying it should always be like this. And if it's not like this, there's a problem. You see the distinction? Having those expectations of something always being a particular way is just a recipe for disappointment, bro. It's only going to cause problems. But if you have open communication and you can communicate with each other, like, look, I'm not having the best day. Don't take any of this bullshit personally. Please just support me and be here for me. I, I have to imagine. Actually, I have experienced much smoother and more pleasurable, enjoyable satisfactory relationships. You know what I mean? It's all about communication at the end of the day. So point number three, supporting each other, which I really just talked about. Brene emphasizes the importance of supporting your partner when they're going through some challenging times. They're having a rough day. You need to be there, right? She, she mentioned dealing with challenging situations like maybe your mother is terminally ill. Maybe she's got cancer or bronchitis or fucking, I don't know something's wrong. She's very sick for whatever reason. That's a very challenging thing to deal with, especially if she lives with you guys. You know what I mean? Somebody needs to be there for her and take care of her. Now, imagine you and your partner are working full-time jobs. You also have two kids. You live in a gigantic city where there's traffic and pollution and frustration and just so much stress. Shit like that. At people all around the world, probably somebody listening to this podcast right now is going through that. And if you don't have a partner that's supportive, it just, all it does is add to the unnecessary stress that you're going to experience, which puts stress not just on you, but on your relationship. It makes it weaker and weaker and weaker. And with enough stress, it's going to break, right? It's just the way it is. So I think the point to remember here is that part of the reason you get into a committed relationship with somebody is so that you can have a support system. Because of course, it's important to be independent. I don't need a woman. I don't need a man. I can, I can take care of myself and blah, blah, blah. 
which is a very common thing to hear, at least here in the West these days. And although I understand it to a certain extent, like everybody needs somebody, bro. Everybody needs somebody. So when you get into a relationship, you have to remember part of my responsibility is to support my partner. It's not all about me. Right? I have good days. She has good days. I have bad days. She has bad days. And when somebody's having a bad day, it's the other person's responsibility to be supportive. Not demanding or overly critical, but supportive, you know? And, and next, open communication. I've already touched on this, but that's the next point I have here on my list. Brene suggests that open communication is essential in any partnership, any relationship. So when she and her husband have less than 100% combined, they sit down together and they come up with a plan to show kindness and understanding towards each other. Communication is everything, bro. Like the major, I, I gotta believe every single problem in a relationship comes down to a lack of communication. That's it. Just two people not being honest with each other. Two people not telling each other everything that's on their mind or in their heart. And instead, they keep it to themselves. They hold on to it. They bottle it up. They shove it down deep into their subconscious or whatever. They don't talk about it. And then they just let it fester down there in their stomach, down there in their soul. And the problem is, if you hold on to something, it's going to manifest itself in other ways. So you didn't communicate that you had a problem with what this person said or did. You're going to hold on to that. It's still going to bother you. It's not like it just disappears. And then that, that frustration is going to manifest itself in other ways. You're probably going to snap at your partner unexpectedly and they're not going to understand what's going on because of something that they did three weeks ago. You didn't say anything. And here we are three weeks later and out of fucking nowhere, you just snap. Well, maybe if you have did, and you just snap and your partner's like, what the fuck is going on here? You know what you did, right? And so just because you didn't communicate with your partner, now they're all confused and fucking lost. And even if your frustration is justified, you didn't communicate with your partner about that frustration. So you have no right to just blow up on them randomly and unexpectedly. The healthy and mature thing to do is communicate with them. And not just about bad stuff, but about good stuff too. Reminding your partner about what you appreciate about them. Reminding your partner that you see them, that you love them, you're attracted to them, you want them in your life. You know? All forms of communication, positive, negative, it's all important. Because I think once you lose communication, I mean, what do you, what do you really have? You don't even have a relationship anymore. You might still live with this person. You might still have sex with this person. You might still go to the movies with this person. But if you're not really communicating, what's the, what's the point? What's the point? It's all about communication, bro. If you don't know what that other person is thinking or feeling, you have to make assumptions. And typically when you make assumptions, you make unnecessarily stupid mistakes. And so I think that's why I really appreciate um, cultures in which people have the habit of just being direct and speaking the truth, saying what's on their mind. I really don't like or I don't enjoy being involved in, in environments where the culture is like, let's not talk about it. Let's not mention it. Let's act as if it doesn't exist. Let's say it without saying it. That is really challenging for me, man, because it just causes all these unnecessary problems and misunderstandings. And it's like, you know, you have something to say. You know, there's an issue. You know, there's something that you want other people to know or hear or understand, but you don't say it because you don't want to hurt their feelings or because you don't want to be 
perceived as rude or arrogant or whatever. Like, man, fuck that, bro. Fuck that. Communication is everything. And every time you choose not to communicate what's really on your mind or really in your heart, to me, it's saying that you don't respect or value this person enough to tell them the truth. I'm sure people will disagree with that idea, but that's what I believe. If you truly respect and value somebody, if you truly love them, you're going to tell them what they need to hear and not just what they want to hear. That's what it means to love somebody. This might hurt you, but I know you need this. So here it is. And part of that is open communication. That's just what I believe, you know? And finally, the main, or not the main, the last main takeaway, the last takeaway is marriage is a partnership, right? Brene highlights that a successful marriage is more like a partnership where both individuals work together to support each other's needs and well-being. It's about finding a balance, about ensuring that neither partner is hurt or overwhelmed unnecessarily. And this is something that a lot of us are not really taught when it comes to relationships. A lot of people have such unrealistic expectations of what marriage actually is. Some people think I get married to this person and they're going to take care of me for the rest of my life. I have no responsibilities or obligations. It's just all about me, right? Or man, for the last three months, my partner has been so needy, constantly needing attention or affection or love or blah, blah. It's like you're their fucking partner, that you're their life partner. So if you aren't ready for that, then you shouldn't have gotten to a relationship, man. I think a lot of us are so selfish when it comes to relationships. Like so many people can easily tell you what they expect their partner to do. They can easily tell you what their partner should be responsible for. You ask a lot of young women, what should a man do? What should a man be responsible for? They can tell you without thinking about it. You ask a lot of young men, what should a woman do or be responsible for in the relationship? They can tell you without missing a fucking beat. But if you ask them, what should you be responsible for? What should you bring to the table? What are you going to contribute? It's like, uh, me? I'm enough. I bring me to the table. You know what I mean? So many of us are just so fucking selfish and we never stop to consider what value am I contributing to this partnership? All we care about is what value is being contributed to us, being delivered to us. What are people doing for us? How are people treating us? How are people making us feel? That's all we care about. And it's such a selfish way of approaching a relationship. And it's ironic because if you take care of your partner, that gives them that much more reason to take care of you. So the better you take care of your partner, theoretically, the better they'll take care of you. Now, if that's not the case, you probably need to change partners. You know what I'm saying? But the point I'm trying to make is sometimes we don't really consider the fact that we also need to be very clear and aware of what it is that we bring to a relationship or a partnership and not worry only about what we are going to get from the relationship. You have to give value if you expect to receive value. And sometimes, or many times, it's not an even exchange. Sometimes I give 20, sometimes you give 80, sometimes I give 60 and you give 40 or whatever. That's a partnership. Because we are in this until the fucking end, ride or die, bro. We got good days and bad days, but the commitment is that I am going to give the best of me and I expect you to give the best of you, no matter what. Simple and plain. I'm not a fucking marriage expert. I've never been married. 
I'm single at the moment. So, you know, I'm probably not the best person to listen to. But these are the main takeaways, or at least what I took from listening to this clip. And it also is what I've taken from the relationship I've had in the past, you know. But I'm curious to know what y'all think. Let me know on the Discord server. Start a conversation or write about this in your journal. Hit me up on social, whatever you got to do, because I think this is a very, very, very important topic. And it's going to be even more important in the future because the way relationships are developed, what's important to people and people's perceptions of what a relationship should be is changing. The way our parents or grandparents treated relationships and marriage is very different from what a lot of young people perceive marriage to be or their ideas of what marriage should be, or their ideas about commitment, their fears and insecurities about commitment and marriage and having kids and all this type of stuff. It's something that is so fundamental to humanity, right? The development of relationships, yet we never take a class about it in elementary school, middle school, high school, or college. And most of us, we just do what we've seen. Like a lot of people treat their romantic relationships the way that their parents treated their marriage at home. What I mean is like, if you were lucky enough to have both of your parents at home, you typically learn or form your idea of what a relationship is, about what a romantic committed relationship is by watching your parents. And so if both of your parents are home and it's not the healthiest situation, you form your ideas and probably your behavior in a relationship based on what you saw at home. And unfortunately, the case is most likely that your parents never sat you down to talk to you about love or relationships or marriage or responsibility and commitment and sacrifice in a relationship. I don't know anybody whose parents sat them down to talk to them about that ever. And so then you get older, you start trying to form your own relationships and you're just making so many dumb decisions, choosing people that are clearly wrong for you, but that just make you feel a certain way, right? Like most people don't know how to choose a partner. The divorce rate in the United States is about 50%. Half of all marriages end in divorce. Half of them, bro. If that doesn't tell you that people don't know how to pick partners, I don't know what does. That doesn't tell you that something is clearly going wrong when it comes to developing and maintaining relationships. I don't know what does. And I think a big part of it is just we're not really taught about human psychology, human nature. The development of relationships, maintaining those relationships, who we should form relationships with, who would be a good partner for us and why, you know, all these little things that make up a healthy, productive relationship. We never really study or learn or improve on these things. And I think it's, it's problematic, bro. So hopefully this episode has at least given you something to think about. Maybe you never even considered this topic until today. So if that's the case, I'm very happy to know that. And even if you thought about it before, I think it could be beneficial to talk about it again with your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, mom, dad as well, your friends, whoever, man, it's important to talk about these things. Don't just consume the content and then go back to your life distracted by more social media posts. Like stop and think about it. After you think about it, find a friend or somebody and talk about it, man, because this shit's important. But I'm going to leave it at that, my friend. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode of Real English Radio. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. I am your host, Tony Kaizen. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.